What a great reading. Let me introduce you to the person in that Bible reading who said those words. I have seen the Lord. Her name was Mary. And uh, there she is. That's a picture from the film, 2018, with the same name. I don't know if anyone's seen that film. But there's a picture of Mary Magdalene, at least an artist uh, who made that film's um, actress. She was a lady from a place called Magdala. That's why she's called Mary Magdalene. It was a place on the Sea of Galilee. She'd been a close follower of Jesus. In fact, she'd been healed by Jesus uh, from a pretty serious condition and was with him all the way through to his crucifixion. She was watching him at a distance when he was dying. Now she'd come, presumably with other women, to anoint Jesus' body after burial with spices. But of course, she turns up and the stone is rolled away. Now, she doesn't think at that stage that anything miraculous has happened. She just thinks, hey, someone must have taken the body. So she runs back to the other disciples. She tells them what's going on. They come running. It's Peter and John. That's, by the way, the, the disciple that Jesus loved, the author of the gospel. He called himself that, which was lovely. They're running. There they are, running down. A little bit of a race. John gets there first, but Peter whips straight in. They have a little episode at the tomb. They don't quite know what's going on. And then we're left with Mary once more. She'd gone back with them, evidently, but she's on her own now. And she's going to be the first person to see the risen Jesus. Now let that sink in for just a second. She will be the first person to see him. Um, for the children. Uh, imagine for a moment that in this suitcase, right here, I had the next latest Marvel release. No one's seen it. It's the latest film. It's on a, it's on a disc in here in high definition. No one's seen it, but I could give you the opportunity, you to see this film. Or perhaps the, uh, the latest 6G, sixth generation smartphone in this case, would you like to see it? I could choose you to see the smartphone. Or perhaps um, banknotes, the new banknotes with the new King of England. No one's seen them before. I've got a stash of them in here. Would you like to come and see? If I was to show any of those fairly simple, fairly menial things to you, that in itself would be something a little bit special, I suppose, something of a privilege. But how about this? Mary's chosen to be the eyewitness of the big new thing, the big release, God's story. She's chosen to be the eyewitness of his uh, big events. This isn't the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is God's universe, his action in the world. She gets to see it first. Well, think about it like this. It's not a generation of a, a new iPhone. It's a new generation in the history of the world. Never before, never before has anyone come up out the grave and stayed up. Jesus uniquely rises, and he's uniquely beaten death. She gets to see it first. Never before has anyone seen the unveiling of a new and glorious king, not just a king on a banknote, but God's king, his saviour, his messiah. And that's why we're still talking about it. We wouldn't be talking about 6G iPhones 2,000 years later. We are talking about this 2,000 years later, right here in the year 2023, still celebrating, still talking about 
the risen Lord Jesus. She, Mary, selected to be the first eyewitness. Now, this is good news for two reasons. Two reasons. Number one, it's good news because now more than ever, we need people like Mary to tell us the truth. I don't know if you saw this picture of the Pope. Anyone see this? Little show of hands. This picture of the Pope in a big white Balenciaga puffer jacket is a fake. But it was, according to Time magazine, the fastest and most shared deep fake photograph in the internet so far. And it was believed by millions of people to be real. Now, I say that and I show that picture because we're living in a day and age where you can't even trust photos anymore or videos, to tell you the truth, because technology is getting so good that these fakes are almost indistinguishable from real life. So we're now back, just as we were probably several decades ago, to looking for people to be trustworthy. Will someone please tell us the truth? We need people to tell us the truth. And so let me present for you a witness. Here's someone who stands to gain nothing, who's living in a world still dominated by men and still very unlikely to gain anything as a woman. Indeed, here was someone who wasn't going to lead the Christian movement. Here is someone who wasn't going to write a gospel. Here's someone who wasn't going to gain very much at all, and yet she testifies. Let me show you this picture next. This is a picture of two guys. Uh, The guy on the left is called Josephus, and he said this. He said that even the witness, he was writing in the first century, by the way. He's a Roman historian. Guy on the left, picture of him. He said that even the the witness of multiple women, even the witness of multiple women was not acceptable in a court of law at that time. And then the guy on the right, a guy called Celsus, Roman philosopher, second century, he mocked early Christianity. He mocked it precisely because he said its first eyewitnesses were women. He said hysterical females was his, uh, that's a direct quote, by the way, of him. And therefore... He, and the two of them, Josephus, Celsus, both of them said, no, this is like the worst start possible. This is a really bad way to get a religion going. In fact, it's it's a ridiculous thing. And they mocked it. So neither Mary Magdalene nor the Christian movement overall stood to gain anything at all from the testimony of Mary Magdalene as the first eyewitness But here she stands. What could possibly be gained unless it's true? (laughs) Unless it's true. Mary, Mary stands alone, the first eyewitness, and many have concluded, of course, that the only reason, the only reason she would be recorded as the first eyewitness is if she actually was. That's why you would do it. You wouldn't do it for any other reason unless it was actually true. 
which means that Jesus did it that way for a reason. Brothers and sisters, he did it that way, listen to me here, so that 2,000 years later, we can sit here in this room and look back and say, thank you, Lord, that you chose this person who had nothing to gain, who didn't have any power to strive for or keep. She didn't have any purpose in coercing people or any prestige to hold on to. Jesus chose her so that we would have someone we can look at and go, here's someone who has no reason to lie to us. Mary Magdalene. Which means that in a minute, when we sing our final song, we're going to sing that great line, on my best day, I'm a child of God. On my worst day, I'm a child of God. Whatever happens, I'm a child of God. Because I can look back at these events and have assurance here is an eyewitness. I can believe someone Jesus selected. He must have chosen someone deliberately for this very reason, so that you and I can be sure this happened. And then the second reason this is good news is because of what Mary represents here symbolically. Just think about Mary. There's a picture of her by the tomb. She's alone. She's crying. She's confused. She's not sure what to make of the world. She's staring into the void, if you like, staring into that deathly tomb. And the risen Jesus meets her. But not after the angels had. Did you notice that? She met the angels. The angels are like, why are you crying? She's inconsolable even by angels. Uh, she's still crying when she meets Jesus, and then he speaks those words to her. Why? Why are you crying? And calls her by name, Mary. Now listen, if the risen Jesus wanted to make himself known to someone like Mary, who's crying, confused, not sure what to make of the world, looking into a tomb, staring into that bleak situation. If Jesus wanted to meet with someone like her, then first, then isn't it wonderful that Jesus is risen, alive, still meeting people? We've been hearing people's testimonies, still wanting to meet with people who are crying and confused and don't know what to make of the world and maybe staring into some sort of tomb, facing into death in some way, into the darkness, and Jesus comes alongside and calls you by name. Now, I know that's true. Let me tell you how I know that's true. Because in that story, you know that Mary takes hold of Jesus. She wants to hold on to him at that moment. What does Jesus say there? Don't hold on to me because I am going to be with my Father and your Father, my God and your God. In other words, what you're experiencing here, Mary, this kind of intimate embrace, me coming alongside you in your confusion and your mess, I need to go to a place where that will be available for everyone. 
and anyone. And if Jesus would do it for someone like Mary, then he'll do it for someone like me, and he'll do it for someone like you, and he'll do it for anyone. And it stands, the first eyewitness of the resurrection, as a testament to the fact that this is who the risen Lord Jesus really is. Meeting people in their mess, crying and confused, staring into the void, he calls your name. And he does that, and the very next thing that happens, of course, is Mary Magdalene then goes, she goes back to the disciples. This is John chapter 20, verse 18. She went to the disciples with the news. She walks out from that place declaring to the world. She becomes the apostle to the apostles, saying to them, I have seen the Lord, the first eyewitness. What a glorious thing that is. Engineered and architect by Jesus, the risen Lord, to make it just so, so that you and I can sit here today with some assurance, with deep assurance that Jesus put an eyewitness like that as the very first one, a symbol of everything we would want, meeting us in our need sending us out joyful so that we too can walk out those doors later today with a profound message as heralds of the good news. I too have seen the Lord. Can we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Lord, we pray that Mary, our eyewitness, might become for us a window through which we too might see you risen, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you revealed yourself in this way. We pray that you would meet us with the same tenderness, the same care, the same concern, the same reassurance as our risen Lord too. So that when we find ourselves confused, when we're crying, when we're staring into the void, you might speak to us. We might hear your tender voice reassuring us all the same. And that this place of death might become for us a garden with a gardener. Lord Jesus, fill us with new hope. Fill us with new joy this Easter morning that we might be heralds to the world as well with a message, I too have seen the Lord. And so I pray, almighty God, whose son restored Mary Magdalene to the health of mind and body and called her to be a witness to the resurrection, forgive us our sins, heal us by your grace that we may serve you in the power of your risen life and be heralds of good news to the world. We pray this through him who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.